Once again, the current time is 9.01 a.m. and you are tuned into KOPN Columbia, your listener-supported and volunteer-operated community radio station. We now enter our seventh week of bringing you an original programming, Community Pulse. Those of you who have been listening to this program know that Dr. Elizabeth Alleman ordinarily joins us to discuss uh, COVID news here in the central Missouri area. On this morning, we're so very pleased to welcome guest host Ginny Chadwick. She is a local community health advocate, and she will be interviewing Matthew Holloway. He is a Missouri resident who has taken it upon himself to do an awful lot of work and research and create his own COVID tracking project. We've shared links to that, uh, his Facebook page, on our Facebook page. But first and foremost, why don't we welcome our guest host and our guest guest, I suppose we should say. Uh, Ginny and uh, Matthew, how are you this morning? Thank you, Peter, for having me. And uh, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today on Community Pulse. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, so when Dr. Alleman and I first started looking at the numbers and, and tracking what was going on across, you know, the globe, um, the country, and especially here in Missouri, there were a couple of real, you know, clear data sites that stood out. And so reporting from John Hopkins, and, you know, I feel like the numbers, they just keep coming in and they just become numbers to us now as they grow and get bigger. Um, but we are at almost... 5 million cases confirmed worldwide, so 4,922,000 cases globally with 323,000 deaths globally. And again, that's John Hopkins' number. The New York Times also very early on started reporting the number of cases across um, the country, and now we are at over 1.5 million cases across the U.S. and 91,000 deaths um, so when I first started looking for data for Missouri, um, right, the state health department, um, the, the, the state department of health and senior services was posting information about um, counties and total numbers of cases and total numbers of deaths. But to me, it, it didn't all make sense. And I, I wanted a visual and I very early on saw Matthew Holloway's work. And, and this is the point in the show, we normally start reporting the numbers from Missouri and, and for Boone County. And we oftentimes turn directly to you, Matthew, to get the data. So I'm interested to hear from you, maybe where you get that data. And we'll talk specifically about the maps that you create. Um, so just starting with the total number of cases, um, so for Tuesday, May the 19th, you reported that we had 11,393 cases. And for those of you listeners who haven't gone to look at the Facebook page, Matthew does a beautiful map of the state in each county and the total number of cases reported. So Matthew, can you give us a little bit of a background on how you got to reporting this visually and where you get those numbers for cases? Sure. Um, so I think uh, I think that this project was kind of born out of me being obsessive about uh, really having a good understanding of, of what's going on. Um, I live in Joplin, uh, a little bit south of you guys here, um, but uh, back in 2011 we were hit um, with a just devastating EF5 tornado. Um, in the weeks following, we had several days of, of severe weather threats. Um, and there was a lot of anxiety. I mean, still to this day, and this is a ways out, but, you know, if, if I see a dark cloud, it kind of puts me on alert a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I would definitely say that most individuals here in Joplin, after having gone through the tornado, um, 
suffered from anxiety or, um, or, or just really struggled to get through, you know, the tornado sirens going off. Um, and so what I felt like I could do is, is uh, maybe study up on meteorology a little bit or maybe start looking at um, uh, weather mapping. And the reason that I became obsessed with that, um, again, is because I have that fascination for just really understanding a situation. But, um, you know, weather data is provided in real time. Um, and, and while I can't control the weather, obviously, um, I can, you know, control how I respond or how I react to it. Um, and so I, I spent a significant amount of time studying um, radio, like satellite and radar imagery um, I ended up getting my certification to be a um, Skywarn spotter and, and I mean, spotter network and all the good stuff. Um, I connected with a meteorologist here locally as well just to uh, uh, have somebody who could really guide me along. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, I think um, my, my need to understand what, what's going on, I mean, I, you know, before the tornado, I was the type of person who would look and, and see, oh, I'm in a red box like this is probably bad. I should probably not, you know, be driving around right now. Um, and that was about the extent of my knowledge. So I think just I, I've always been driven to really fully understand what's what's going on, and it um, helps me make informed decisions and, and just helps me to uh, stay calm and, and rational in, in times of concern. Um, and then as far as the uh, data and where I've collected it from, um, particularly the uh, cumulative number of cases, uh, by county in Missouri. Uh, I start with the Department of, um, well, the DHSS, their daily report that they put out about 2 o'clock every day. Um, and then in the evening time, I'll go around and, and kind of source um, uh, local health departments. So that may be on Facebook pages. That may be uh, directly on their website. Um, I've, I've found that many counties in Missouri uh, use a completely different platform or method to mm -hmm. uh, deliver that information. Yeah, and so you've clearly, just as a community citizen, started gathering all of this information from local health departments, and 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 you recognize in your posts daily that um, you know that data is uh, maybe more transparent in certain counties than others, <clears throat> and the challenges of getting that data, the websites being updated, and so we see these these true disparities across the state and even having the access and, and the ability to report that data. Um, so I think that you've done a really beautiful job making that case data come to life. Um, you also have a map on the total number of deaths um, in the state of Missouri, and right now we are at 637 deaths. Um, and, and you have an interesting perspective on the way that that data is coming into us. It seems like Sometimes I feel you know where it's coming from before we do. Um, and, and I'm curious, what are all the news media sources that you touch to get this information and maybe the citizenry that has engaged in this to, to share the data with you? Yeah. Um, so with, with media reporting, um, you know, obviously um, the pandemic is at the forefront of everybody's minds. And so with 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 media they're, they're they're really competitive right now trying to break stories ahead of uh you know the next person and so there's mm -hmm. there's actually a tremendous amount of, of of data just being mined by individuals who are trying to break a story um and so uh more recently i've seen i think i think this shift has focused um or the the focus has shifted towards um the reopening and and how our cases are going to 
spike or how they're not going to spike um, as we loosen up social distancing guidelines. But um, so more lately than, than previously, um, I, I, the local health departments are uh, largely providing those numbers. However, there was uh, just two nights ago, um, you know, some, someone who has been uh, sending me messages and communicating with me since I started the project let me know um, that one of their relatives had passed away, but they weren't sure where the, where the uh, county was going to be since they were in a, a care facility. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I had that heads up, and I went ahead and put that number in there and assigned it to uh, that day's total. Um, but there have been several instances in the past where someone knows someone who's been diagnosed or knows someone who's passed away because it's, you know, it, you mentioned earlier that these are, you know, they just start looking like numbers, but as these people reach out to me, it's, you know, these are people that I've grown to, to know and admire and respect over the last couple of months. And, um, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that they're having to deal with that. But, um, but they, you know, it, it does put me in a position where with the state's reporting being so delayed and, and media outlets maybe not paying as much attention to um, the new number of deaths as they ha had in the past. Um, that's that's been, you know, an integral part of me just getting the data out um, as quickly as possible. And I think that the more localized the data, we know the more personal it gets. Right? We might know somebody who knows that individual or know the individual who passed away ourselves, and it it makes it really um, much more real. And so the the, the data being county-driven, like we see on the map exactly what the county numbers are, I think it's really helpful for many of us. As you mentioned, you know, the anxiety levels, um, you know, the toll that it is taking on our mental health right now, and having that data provides um, so much ease and re relief just to know. So mm -hmm. your post last night really touched on testing and what we know about or don't know about testing. And, you know, John Hopkins reports that Missouri has tested 154,110 tests since the pandemic started. Um, that John Hopkins reports no reported hospitalizations or no reported recovery, although we know that's not the case. Um, I want you to touch on what you found in your search for testing, um, because you did talk about our testing numbers for last week, for the seven days, was mm -hmm. 32,800, and that our positive case report was 3.27, which is very low. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a Boone County commissioner that has been touting the fact that the state health department says that until we're at 10% positive rate, we don't need to worry. So. Tell me what you found and where you get your data on testing. Sure. Um, and, and testing, uh, there, there's no nationally streamlined um, agency that's providing testing data. Um, I believe, so the, what I've followed for about a month now and just kind of tried to track and make sure that this is something that's going to be accurate so that I can share it myself, um, is the, uh, the COVID tracking project. And I believe um, it's uh, actually operated by the New York Times, um, but they provide a tremendous amount of information from each state's local health department. They screenshot everything because, you know, in the past I've seen uh, something released and then two hours later they'll edit it and re-upload it without any commentary. So, uh, you know, if they're reporting something higher at some point, then it's going to be reflected uh, with what the New York Times has. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the testing data... Um, and I believe what John Hopkins is using using on their site is from the COVID tracking project. Too should mention that. But um, the the testing has been frustrating and challenging, and and trying to get a good read on what's out there 
in some states right now, we're seeing, uh, particu particularly in uh, Florida and Georgia and Texas, I believe it was, um, that the potential exists that maybe antibody tests are being mm -hmm. considered in the uh, uh, overall testing number. And as those results come in, that's not necessarily an active positive case. A lot of those cases are going to be individuals who may have had it, um, you know, previously. I don't want to speculate as to how long, but it could be any length of time. Um, and so those, you know, in most instances, those aren't counted as um, active cases. And so if our number of, of uh, overall testing includes those tests, then, of course, our active rate of infection or our active rate of uh, individuals who have the virus uh, will be, it could be significantly lower. Um, and and I, I do uh, feel like maybe some clarity from, from the state level would be great to have on that, just to kind of break it down so we know here's the amount of, um, you know, swab tests we ran, here's the amount of antibody tests. Mm -hmm. um, and at this point, you're not finding, because I'm not finding, and so I'm asking the question, you're not finding the data on breaking down the total number of antibody tests. Is that correct? That is correct. I, I do know that some health departments um, who have recently started to get some of the information from the state as far as the amount of tests uh, being conducted each day. Um, I do know that at least two health departments in the state are, are counting uh, antibody tests in their overall testing numbers. But as far as I can tell, there's no clear discrepancy or there's no clear distinction between um, between different modes of tests. Yeah, and for our listeners, I know Dr. Alleman has said frequently, you know, many of us have said, oh, I was sick earlier in the year. It might have been COVID. Um, and, and for other listeners, you probably heard, you know, my family had direct exposure to a COVID positive person. So I actually did take the um, antibody test on Monday and got a, um, a negative antibody, um, you know, test. So I don't have the antibodies. I've spoke with several people um, around the state and the country who have taken the antibody test and they too have tested negative. I haven't heard anybody who has tested positive thus far, although we know definitely it's happened, um, mm -hmm. that ha ha did not know that they had it at the time. So I, I think that we have a long ways to go in this virus and the thought that we have a lot of people who haven't had it yet and don't have the antibodies. And so what reopening looks like, we all wonder, right, and, and how mm -hmm. the virus is going to move. Um, you did mention in your post last night that um, there might be this 50,000 tests per week goal that we're trying to hit. Can you tell me about that? Because, you know, from your uh, knowledge of why we want to hit that testing per week and where we are right now, because we had a 30,000 test average for the last seven days, and that was high compared to more recently, correct? Yes, it was. Um, the Sorry, I run some math here before I open my mouth. I don't want to mess that up. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, so the uh, um, Governor Parson announced um, about a week and a half before reopening that uh, 50,000 tests would be needed to safely re reopen Missouri. Um, and at that time, I think we were, in fact, I think over the course of that week, we did like 17,000. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, we went ahead and moved forward with the reopening. But um, he, he's continued to say that, you know, 50,000 is, is a good number for us to really uh, to, to better understand the spread and, and, and where it's at. Um, and I did hear yesterday that his, I think his focus is on the more at-risk population, so making sure that uh, care facilities are, are, you know, receiving tests. But um, he did say that he had a goal of uh, 7,500 
tests per day for the next week, um, which would put us up over 50,000. That would put us at 52,500 tests. Um, that would – we haven't done that yet. We haven't been consistent. We haven't hit 7,000 tests in um, all but, I think, maybe three days uh, over, over the course of the pandemic. But, um, you know, I've heard echoed time and time again um, from the DHSS and from uh, commercial labs that we have the capacity to test between mm -hmm. 50 and 60,000 people each week. But, um, of course, the uh, – uh, the availability of, of uh, sampling kits has not been where it, where it needs to be. Right. And so I want to reiterate that um, to the public in that, you know, we've talked over and over again about the need for increased testing and the, the, the pieces of the, the process that are missing, right? The, we didn't have enough swabs. We didn't have enough transport medium. And so right now, you know, national and local news media are reporting that we have the capacity to test more people then we're testing, and that leads us to the question of when do we start doing, you know, asymptomatic or just, you know, random testing of, you know, certain demographics or certain, you know, high-risk populations. And, and we haven't got there in Boone County yet, although I know that, you know, getting a test, um, you know, prescribed or ordered for you is much more readily accessible, but we're not, you know, mass testing very many people in, you know, there's certain instances, right, there's mm -hmm. been meatpacking plants in the state of Missouri. Um, there's been counties that have randomly issued um, or done a call for tests. And you point out that even when they offer testing, they don't always fulfill that testing. Can you touch on that, what you've seen in the data? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, it can be frustrating because down here in southwest Missouri, we, you know, historically we just haven't had uh, an abundance of testing. Um, and currently, um, I should say as of yesterday, um, you know, we have one drive-through test site here in, in Jasper County and Joplin. Um, and currently it's only for symptomatic uh, individuals or uh, for healthcare workers. And, and that's really it. Um, and and the, it, it frustrates me to see that other counties, you know, uh, some of the more rural areas who are issued 400 free tests, anybody can sign up. Um, it, it, it's a little frustrating that, you know, we're not afforded that opportunity here. Um, but I don't know what it's going to take for people to get out and actually take these tests. Um, I think um, I think that uh, locally we're still seeing a number of individuals who, you know, still question the validity um, of, of the virus and its spread. And, and um, it's I think there's just a, a, a general attitude about it that's going to be difficult or challenging maybe uh, to get, you know, collectively Missouri citizens on board with taking taking that test. Well, Matthew, I want this to go longer, but I know our time is wrapping up. So I want to ask you one last question. Sure. You mentioned the, the idea or the perception of the reality of this. And, and what do you feel is the biggest misperception or the biggest pushback that you get? Because you know, I know that negative comments, when we're doing such a great thing and you're doing an amazing thing for the state of Missouri and keeping us up to date, but what do you see as the biggest misperception or pushback that you get um, on the posting that you're doing? Sure. Um, so, so maybe the biggest misconception that I get is that, you know, someone will look at that uh, cases by county graphic and see, oh, you know, our county only has three cases. And I, and I just saw something this morning where about, Six or seven people, I think it was, had shared, um, you know, 
our three counties here in, in this particular area, still coronavirus free, nothing going on here. And it's like, well, that's, that may not be the case. Um, I, I think that people look at that and say there's one person in my county who who has tested positive, and, and they don't really challenge, like, well, how many people have been tested? And, and uh, uh, it, it, that's the biggest misconception by far is that it's not uh, widespread and that, it's, that there are certain counties that just don't have anything going on there. Um, and as far as the pushback goes, um, you know, I, I do catch a lot of criticism for not mentioning recoveries, which, of course, there's no standard definition uh, for a recovery by the CDC, and that looks a lot different uh, in, in each area of the state. Um, but that's, that's probably the biggest one that I get. I think that individuals feel like maybe I'm sensationalizing the uh, pandemic, which is the exact opposite of what I want to do. Um, but it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's challenging. I definitely have heard that, too, of why aren't we reporting the recoveries? Okay, so... The one last thing I want to say to the listeners is today is the very last day in Boone County to request a mail-in ballot for our June 2nd municipal election that was postponed. Um, you need to request that on vote.boonmo.org by 5 p.m. today, and that will allow you to mail in your ballot. And as long as the office receives the ballot by 7 p.m. on election day, it will be counted any very last thoughts, Matthew, that you have to share with our listeners. And again, we quote your data every day on our show, and we appreciate you so much. Well, I'm, I'm uh, flattered to hear such nice things being said about me, uh, contrary to what I receive on Facebook from time to time. But um, no, I, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I think the, uh, the, the program here, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but I think it's a wonderful initiative, and I uh, hope that other communities uh, you know, can, can model this and inform their citizens in the, in the fashion that you guys have. Again, thank you, and thank you to our listeners. Um, Peter, back to you. <clears throat> thank you very much, Ginny, and uh, thank you very much, Matthew. We sincerely appreciate it. That was a very uh, engaging discussion. As a reminder to our listeners, we have posted a link to uh, Matthew's data tracking project on our Facebook page. You can find him on Facebook as well by searching for Matthew Holloway. Uh, it is a uh, excellent project. There is, uh, it's very long, very detailed, and very well researched. You can get some great visuals and daily updates about coronavirus statistics here in Missouri. National media can get you so far. The uh, other things like the Bing virus tracker can get you so far. But Matthew is actually... Um, assembling data from individual health departments, so it is quite up to date. Once again, thank you so very kindly and sincerely for tuning into Community Pulse. We are your community radio station, 89.5 FM, KOP in Columbia. Coming up next, we have an abridged episode of Background Briefing. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back with Community Pulse tomorrow at the normal time, 9 a.m. Pleasant day, Columbia.